Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. Right here is snarl your freaking head. Yeah, yeah. Break your freaking neck, boy. Yeah, yeah. Here we go now. Where we going now? Where we going now? Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Just give it away. No Doubt Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome into the most extreme Menage a Trois Violent 2 ever experience. I am JT, and joining me as always are my partners on the show, Jenny and Matt. How are you guys doing? Ah, oh, no, good. How are you feeling, JT? Uh, well, it's been two weeks and my voice still has not gotten better. Jesus Christ, what the fuck is wrong with you? Disaster. It sounds like you have an extremely sore throat. <laughs> uh. It's like Brian Lee shoved a light tube down my throat. It's shattered. <laughs> What a visual. Sir. <laughs> what a visual. <laughs> I've seen too many videos of things shattering <laughs> places of late. Uh, uh, she said nervously. <laughs> anyway, here we are talking ECW episode 53. On our last installment, we broke down a matter of respect, a big show, and we're going to get into some follow up. And uh, we quite liked that show, didn't we? We did. We sure did. Maddie made it snow. I did. I did. No, Maddie, Sousa, Sousa. Sousa. Maddie Sue's flakes in the house. <laughs> Dropping them all over the place. Making a snow, making a sleet left mm-hmm. and right uh, on that last episode. And yeah, we were uh, we were digging it. And we had a great Shane Douglas Scorpio match. One of our mm-hmm. favorites of all time of ECW so far. So That's insane. I can't believe that's a sentence that you just <laughs> right? said. There you go. Who would have thought? Mm-hmm. Uh, so all that said, we're going to hit the follow-up now to that episode uh, with 5:14 and then the two weeks following. Well, let's dive into that one first. May 14, 1996, uh, episode of ECW Hardcore Television. We open with Sabu's attack on El Puerto Ricano and Damian Kane from a matter of respect. Then we get the opening animation. We get Joey in the nest who sets up the night ahead. And we find out that a matter of respect is already available on ECW home video. So they're churning these things out. So mm. be sure to check it out at, uh, I guess, our video probably already, Adam, uh, at this point. We then get the match we mentioned, the awesome Douglas Scorpio throwdown from Matter of Respect in full on this episode. So, mm-hmm. look, you know, we don't really rate these full recap episodes, but I mean, imagine having not seen that because you weren't there. Say you were in New York or something and you turn on this episode of television and you get treated to that match on free over the air TV at like two in the morning on a Saturday <laughs> night. Like, my Lord, it must have been completely shook. <clears throat> We'd keep you awake. You wouldn't be able to go to sleep after that. Right, my God. I think this one gets lost because I think, you know, as a group, we kind of say, oh, it's another recap. Oh, it's another recap. But like we've said before, 
like like the specials we were watching weren't available to everyone unless you were in the arena. So right. a lot of this stuff that's just a recap to us was first run for many, many people. So it's just crazy to think some of the stuff that is just thrown on these TV shows is incredible. Uh, Joey's in the nasty talks about how Shane Douglas may owe a TV title match to Tommy Dreamer or Sandman based on past agreements. So this weekend, Shane will defend against both men in, in the arena. So we'll see if we catch wind of that. That was a nice little callback because mm-hmm. I'm be mm-hmm. real honest with you. I forgot he had made those alliances when he first came back because yeah. I just feel like that's been a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's encouraging news for me on Shane watch, right? So making sure he don't fuck up and become outrageous. He's making good on his promises. I like it. The other thing too, like you were saying last episode is, you know, how they're elevating the TV title. That's a big match for the TV title. Mm-hmm. Those are sure those is. are three main eventers. So it like it wouldn't shock me if that was like the main event of that show. So yep. that was that was probably pretty a pretty good match too if I had to guess. TV title is definitely climbing the ladder. For sure, and being presented as equal almost. I would say almost as equal to the world title. When you think it, like, Raven has great matches, but a lot of them end with him narrowly escaping mm-hmm. and shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And Cheating. the TV title is quickly becoming a main event level work rate title. So they're doing a great job of putting these two titles on balance and adding importance to the overall card. All right, Pulp Fiction time. We have Sandman and Missy Hyatt backstage talking about respect. Sandman dedicates a beer to Ray Stevens, who had just passed away, the crippler. The Illuminators mock the gangsters and show off their belts. We get Fonzie blowing his whistle. We get DW, poor DW, crying about his injury as the rest of the family look on and ignore him. DW says he can't even stand up, but then he gets up and picks up a coin. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, Devon then gives us uh, commandments. Tommy Bula backstage. Tommy talks about his consequences, says he won't be the last guy to get duped by a broad saying they're knocked up. Him and Bula have an unholy alliance. In comes Kimona and makes out with Tommy as Bula it's hot watching. Shane Douglas and says he'll give the TV title shot to both men at the same time. Tash hits on Scorpio, says it was shoot receipt time and that he remembers when he broke his neck. Shane says he'll give Scorpio a respect lesson. We hear from DJ Rand in the hood. He hikes up his boys, the gangsters. Gangsters come in and issue a warning to the Eliminators. And that ends our Pulp Fiction and our episode. Uh, so any thoughts on the Pulp Fiction? Um... Once again, I'd like to choke Fonzie with his own whistle. <laughs> um, the Dudleys were actually pretty funny. Um, I'm usually not into that, but like this was like one of the rare ones to me that was not too bad. Um, <laughs> the name of my new stable is called the Unholy Alliance. <laughs> I, I really like that. Uh, <laughs> that whole part was pretty great. I mean, it just it kind of captures like the whole toxic nature of Beulah and Tommy together and then Kimona is just like the pure like frat mattress of the threesome so you know it's a pretty fucked up uh unholy alliance but I like it um I really like DJ Rand I like his thug life hat uh it's really fun um interesting stuff on this Pulp Fiction Maddie 
Uh, I love that the Eliminators still have the X's spray painted on the tag belts. You know, yes. appa- appa- apparently there's no cleaning implement available mm-hmm. in Philadelphia that can get rid of that. Nope. Uh, the the Dudley stuff was great. Uh, Dreamer and Beulah, that segment recorded apparently using the uh, the same film equipment they used for Blair Witch. I mean, my <laughs> God, it was like this vaguely fisheye lens they were using it was uh, was quite something. Uh, Taz wearing a biohazard shirt popped me, uh, so that was pretty good. And uh, being a late period WCW fan, DJ Ran also popped me pretty good. That was <laughs> that was uh, pretty good. So it was cool seeing DJ Ran. Uh, I didn't give any other awards besides most '90s for this episode, and that was DJ Ran <laughs> being yes. all up in our area. Yes. <laughs> yep. Very excited to see him. Uh, I love TW. Like that's like some of the best. He's the best LA in my eyes right now. Because uh, he just eats everything. Is he's just such a calamity. It's great. Can't get enough. Uh, so yeah, not much going on here. But again, just put yourself in a time capsule and imagine seeing that Douglas Scorpio mm-hmm. match on TV mm-hmm. in the middle of the night is something. It's wild. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go ahead a week to May 21st, 1996. We open with a long set of stills from Sabu and RVD at a matter of respect. Joey Styles in the nest talks about RVD's big win that shocked the arena. We then see a clip of the aftermath where RVD called Sabu a piece of shit. We get our opening animation. Joey talks about Sabu collapsing, getting stretched out after the match. We then get a fan cam of Paul Heyman talking about how this dates back to Chris Benoit dumping Sabu in his head. And only three people knew the truth about the extent of those injuries. Sabu, Paul, and someone else who he begged to team with Sabu. And that person went to RVD and told them all the secrets of how bad Sabu's neck was how doctors told him never to wrestle again, and that allowed RVD to exploit the neck, and someone is making a game out of a very serious situation, and it's time that someone is stopped, and we cut to Taz doing calf raisers, while Fonzie admits that it's Taz who knew how bad Sabu's neck was and told RVD about it, or I'm sorry, rather, he told Fonzie, who told RVD, uh, and RVD was aiming to take Sabu out by attacking the neck. Taz says the only problem is that RVD only took out Sabu for 10 minutes. Imagine what Taz could do to him if he had the guts to face him, and, of course, that also pays off why we saw RVD and Fonzie kind of shake hands after the match. And we learn now it's because Fonzie had given RVD the inside scoop and he attempted to hurt him on behalf of Taz. So, Jenny, what did you think of this whole revelation? Did it kind of make that end of that match pop even more for you? I mean, it makes sense. But, like, also, uh, have you ever watched a Sabu match? It's pretty fucking obvious that he's pretty fucked up after every fucking match. <laughs> So it's not really a secret the extent of Sabu's injuries, like ever. Like I said last time, he always looks broken. And so I don't think it was all a big industry secret about how fucked up Sabu was. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's fine. Like, we can tell this story, but I'm not buying it. Next. Whatever. Well, so it's funny you hit on that because that's my issue with this whole thing. So I, I like that they're tying it together. Um, and I'm curious how much they're going to focus on this because Paul is so angry mm-hmm. that has, but to your point, like we know his neck was broken by Benoit. Yes. He went to the hospital. Right. It was like, yes. it's not like it was a hidden injury or something RVD wouldn't attack. So it does feel a little bit like trying too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate that they're trying something different, right? And they're trying to play this off. And, like, I get it. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I feel like it just feels a little too forced on this one. Uh, because it, it, again, right. He's always banged up. He's always hurt. Right. And everyone saw that match. It was a major storyline. It was a major mm-hmm. angle. We know Benoit broke his neck. We saw the footage a million times of him flying on his right. head. So of course, you know, 
you would assume that's a weak spot for him. Now you could argue, well, it was two years ago and maybe he's healed and for Taz knows he's not really healed. So I think there's layers to it. I just think mm-hmm. ECW is a very smart promotion that goes be- mm-hmm. below the surface with a lot of stuff. This one feels like a couple leagues too deep that they didn't need to go uh, to try and get a story. It was like a little too far to try and make this stand out. Uh, what'd you think of it, Matt? Yeah, uh, I'm on the same page as both of you. It was uh, a, a bit too smart for their own good. And like you said, it was hard. It's hard not to know, really, that Benoit broke Sabu's neck. Like, that was a massive part of right. uh, the end of 94 and into 95. Like, I mean, unless you're new at watching ECW, like, otherwise, you know the story. And, and Sabu is reckless. It's kind of his thing. So <laughs> he's just always hurt. So, yeah, try, like you said, trying a bit too hard, uh, getting too cute. But, I mean, it was still still a good segment. And, uh, you know, Hall, uh, Hall. Heyman is a, a great promo. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's a bit much. It's more the level of anger he's given to. It's right. like, mm-hmm. like yep. this was some real big state secret that Taz let him in on. Like, I, just, like you, it, I, I think there could have been a middle ground where he's like, you know, we hope the world thought maybe Sabu's neck was better. We we're trying to keep it under wraps were leaked and now like already took it to his advantage and really went at it right versus Mm -hmm. like being this angry like taz had the secret information i don't know like i just feel like they go too hard in on something that doesn't really mesh right this is um i guess where i'd bring this up because we had talked about mikey um sort of being not really used in any storylines or promos or anything Heyman, i feel like is the same way like He's been not around mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. much. And, I mean, it used to be, like, every week. He was, like, you know, I, I was real into him, you know, delivering these um these promos pretty frequently. And now well, he he's... He basically managed Sabu for, like, all right? that time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it just feels like he sort of disappeared. Like, what's he doing? Like, where is he at? I feel all like right. he's not around the shows anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he fully just... Trans- I think as they grew, he... Like he transitioned fully mm-hmm. onto running the program, um, especially once Eddie Gilbert left and everything. Like, so I think right. when he first came in, he was kind of like helping book and run, but it was also still on air. But mm-hmm. I think as the roster built up, it was kind of like a they don't need him. Like, I think he was more valuable backstage full time. Uh, but that said, like he has such a level of gravitas now that he he can come out for stuff like this, and it feels like a big deal. That's true. That is true. I will just say, I just miss him you know on the, oh yeah i mean anytime he's on air, he's, great. he's like really good so <laughs> i think he just like kind of transitioned fully into like just being owner Heyman versus on air right all right joey styles in the nest he talks about the history of allentown pennsylvania he talks about roddy piper smacking jimmy stucco with the coconut says it was extreme for its time but not compared to what happened this past weekend with taz and two cold scorpio we cut to Allentown where Fonzie's ranting on the mic. Joey says Taz has been waiting since January 1995 when Scorpio and Eddie Guerrero broke his neck in Tampa, Florida. Putting him out for six months led to this attitude change we've seen. We get a cut in from Scorpio from earlier. He said he already apologized to Taz. He's too focused on getting the TV title back to worry about what's going on with him. Scorpio does say he will kick Taz's ass if he tries to hurt him and he'll get a receipt. So I this is a pretty good promo by Scorpio, which Jenny, as we know, is that always a given over the years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody I've not missed in promos. Mm. <laughs> it's been too cold. Like, but he does good here. Like, it's not it's not as bad. Um, it, he still he still like stumbles and he's 
funny ways. I don't know. And he gets a little bit lost in his own promos, but it's relatable. But it was good to hear from him. Yeah, no, he he's never been the best promo, really, in in any promotion. But uh, yeah, he he held his own here. It was simple enough, and like you said, he did stumble a little bit. But compared to some of the other promos he's cut, <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. Remember when he used to go like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this was good. This was uh, a lot more focused and sharp. He didn't let him ramble. He kind of got in and got out too, right. which helped. Mm-hmm. All right, so we do get footage of that match. Taz versus Two Cold Scorpio in Allentown. Scorpio dances out, but before he gets to the ring, Shane Douglas attacks him and hits him with the belt. Taz gets a German Tazplex and hooks a Taz mission, and Scorpio's passed out, so Taz wins the match. Taz gets the mic, says he waited 10 months for this receipt as a crowd chants, fuck you, Taz. Taz says he did it all by himself with no help. He beats Scorpio one-on-one and calls out Sabu and says, the longer he waits, the more vicious the ass-kicking is going to be. Uh, again, more angle than anything, but good progression. Taz is just a killer, and Douglas gets his revenge. So I went half a star for the moment, um, but I thought this was good angle progression on a random show in Allentown, Matt. Yeah, uh, I didn't rate it because, I mean, the match was literally like 20 seconds long, but it's a really good angle. Uh, Fonzie was dialed up to a fucking hundred here. Ugh. Like, like to, to the point where I almost wonder if he was, like, hammered or on something. Because, I mean, like, it, yes. it felt... It felt to me like if he blew into a breath a breathalyzer on that night, it was gonna come out saying like tilt or something. <laughs> like he, he was he was he was turned up to eleven. But uh, I I like Fonzie. I, I like his manic energy. It gives me life. I'm sorry, Kenny. But uh, it, yeah, it, it wasn't a match, but it was a really good angle. So good stuff here. So I'm a little bit torn on on this like side of Taz because. He's just been like killer, killer, killer Taz, right? Like everything he's done has been badass. Like just he had a bunch of like squashes where he's murder people. And like he's kind of beyond that now. He doesn't do anything anymore, really. Um, you know, and now he's like obviously after Shane comes in and clocks too cold. And then he want to get on mic and say, I did it by myself. Like, eh, I don't really like it. Like, uh, I'd rather you just, like, be a legit badass and not, like, I, I don't want to hear about, like, you whining and lying. I don't know. Just, it turns me off a little bit. It takes a little bit of his edge for me. Like, keep calling out Sabu. Like, that's good. Like, you want to keep being on Sabu, that's fine. But, like, I don't know. Be more badass about it unless this. I liked it. <clears throat> I like Fonzie. I like Taz. I mean, it's kind of like a throwaway, you know, tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. But he is a badass, though. Like, I don't, I mean, I know, but seen anything it otherwise. seems like he's taken away a little bit. Like, I don't know about uh, that. If Shane violent. hadn't have come in and, like, clocked him, then maybe it would have But it's not like Taz. It wasn't that, that wasn't like Taz's plan, you know what I mean? I know mean? that, but. So what's he supposed to do? Like. I don't know. Like, don't say I did it by myself when you clearly did not do that. Fucking Mark. All right. Clips from Hustle City Showdown 96, where Douglas and Scorpio had their first incident. And the clips from A Matter of Respect and then Allentown again. Joey's in the nest. Talks about how hot this got quickly. And the TV title rematch is set for June 1st at the ECW Arena. We didn't get highlights of Chris Jericho versus Mikey Whipwreck from A Matter of Respect. 
And then Joey's in the nest, and he says, ECW, they bust their ass. They get extreme no matter where the cameras are, whether they're on or not. We then get clips from Glen Olden, Pennsylvania, via fan cam, where Tommy Lee, uh, Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson, uh, Brian Lee and Tommy Dreamer <laughs> had a false cow anywhere match that spilled into the street, which looked like fun. I kind of wish we saw that. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Uh, Joey talks up our next match from Meta Respect, which is the Raven Sandman Pitbull 2. So we see that in full. And then we get another Pulp Fiction. We see the Dudleys uh, driving a car stuffed to the gills. They're all packed in. <laughs> Bob is struggling to control it, and he gets out and runs away screaming from Devon. A Beulah and Kimona backstage joking about riding Space Mountain. Pitbulls call it the Eliminators. Bruce Brothers call it the Pitbulls. The Pitbulls are ready for the Bruce Brothers. Missy says her and Sandman spit. Dudley's driving uh, with the Devon on the roof. Missy says we swallow. Pitbulls and Francine call out the Eliminators and the Bruce Brothers. Taz and Fonzie in the back. Fonzie has shades on, answers a payphone, and rants at the person, interrupting them. They realize this is his mom and tells her to call the massage parlor to let them know he'd be late for his appointment. Imagine hating him. Scorpio's ready for Douglas on 6-1. Douglas talks about Scorpio, says he isn't ready to give up his belt yet. Scorpio leaves saying he respects the franchise. Fonzie says, what about Taz? The gangsters in the hallway talk about the track record and calling out the Eliminators. The Eliminators say everyone thinks the gangsters will take the belt in the second coming of Public Enemy, but they're wrong. Public Enemy ran like cowards, but the gangsters stayed in fight, and they won't be taking belts. So, this is interesting, <laughs> taking these shots of Public Enemy. Uh, but, uh, Jenny, that was a pretty solid public uh, p- public fiction, Pulp Fiction. Um, yeah. <laughs> Driving school, very random. Um that why? Why? <laughs> why are we doing this? <laughs> um, you know, the girls joking about Space Mountain was pretty good. I think she said something like, that was before my time, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, they spit, we swallow. Uh, that I think that's going to be on my tombstone, probably. And um, I did laugh when Fonzie started talking to his mom on the phone. So uh, points for that. It was a good one. I liked it, Maddie. Yeah, uh, I like this Pulp Fiction uh, segment a lot. Uh, might be my favorite one that I've seen so far, honestly. Uh, Bubba Ray Dudley uh, in an abandoned parking lot in a beat-up car. Uh, it's, it's like a snapshot into 18-year-old Matt's life. I mean, oh, boy. <laughs> uh, always swallow, never spit. <laughs> the beer, the beer. Fil- filthy minds, beer, Jenny. My goodness. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, you said uh, from a parking lot when you were 18. <laughs> uh, the payphone stuff with Fonzie was fantastic. Don't don't talk to your mother that way. That's just that's just filthy for God's sake. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this and the shots at Public Enemy, like you said, I, I I felt the same way about it. Like it's a it's an interesting way to look at them saying that the gangsters are the second coming of Public Enemy, which I mean. Uh, are, are they wrong? Like, I don't know. I, if, uh, Public Enemy's probably better, I would think. Like, uh, I don't know. It, it's it, it made me think about it, which is something I wasn't expecting out of a Pulp Fiction segment. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> better? I don't know. Eh, probably. Gangs is better than Public Enemy? No, PE's better. No, I think the gangsters are. I, mean, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I'm like low on Public Enemy. I know. I, they were some of my least favorite parts of the stuff on ECW. Um, like I get the appeal and why they were such a big deal in mm-hmm. that era at that time, but I think of all the stuff, you know, you constantly hear of like what oh does ECW hold up? Was it a product of its time, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera? 
I think that's one of the things that holds up the least was Public Enemy stuff. Yeah, I mean, New Jack on the mic alone is probably better, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But, I mean, it, it's, it's close. Enemy's matches yeah. So rhythm beat after a while. Right. And they always felt like they were a comedy gimmick to me. Like, they felt like fake gangsters. Like, mm. I, I just never bought into them as real, actual gangsters. Like, I think because in the early ECW days, everyone's kind of like a goof. And right. then they just made them serious gangsters, but it just never really felt like it. Whereas the gangsters really are fucking gangsters. Like, yeah. like, mm-hmm. like New Jack is legit but, scary. So is Mustafa. Like, yeah, but like in ring though, like they don't do anything that's any different from what PE did. No, I guess to me that it's like a more believable duo. Yeah. Right. Right. So, all right. Well, let's go on to our final episode. Well, actually, before we do that, Matt, anything you want to uh, talk about in general uh, you got going on? Sure. You can find me on the PTBN Wrestling feed on YouTube Roulette. You can find uh, all the archived episodes of Highway to the Impact Zone uh, currently on hiatus. Should be coming back relatively soon. Uh, Over on the pop feed, you can find me on my show that I host, Piece of the Action, which is a action movie live watch podcast, Um, usually on Popcorn Chicken Salad, also on the pop feed. Check all that out. And you can find me on Twitter at msusa1991. Jenny? Look at that. That's some pro shit right there, Matty. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm at Jenny Position on Twitter and my Facebook page. Uh, right now, you can hear a ton of shows on my feed. It is called The Jenny Position, oddly enough. Uh, shows like You Heard About Pluto, uh, Freak Out Drive-In, uh, Talk and Pop, The Journey Through Infinity, and um, anything else that I want to throw together. Uh, my wrestling content is right here on North South with this tremendous show and TNA never dies and on place to be wrestling with PTB NXT and talking WCW. All right. And of course, right here on the North South connection, we have shows dropping almost every day, a lot of evergreen content covering the world of wrestling dip into a little bit of pop culture, a little bit of sports, facebook.com slash North South connection or North South connection.podbean.com. You can find all our shows there archived. You can rate us and review us on any podcatcher app i'll point you to one of the newest uh shows that recently started i think we're a few episodes in now WWE war wrestling above replacement it's myself and marcus fuller kind of taking like a sabermetric style look at every wdf WWE pay-per-view event of all time using that to rank every show and all the matches that are part of it plus a bunch of other intangibles that'll uh give us our final standings uh and we do that by season so our first season that we broke down was 1994 1995 WWF, so kind of doing things a little different slant, but still uh, really taking a minute to break down each of these pay-per-view events, and it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a different show. I enjoy doing it, so just wanted to make sure to call that one out. Be sure to check that out every other Friday on the North South. All right, May 28, 1996, we get clips of Brian Pillman's ECW antics to date. I haven't heard from mm. uh, the pill in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Joey's in the nasty. He says there are rumors are flying that Brian Pillman will have his first appearance since his car accident this Saturday at the ECW Arena. The rumor says he's been disfigured. He's in, <laughs> there's been lots of rumors. One is that he's been disfigured. There's a rumor that he had surgery to make him look like Shawn Michaels. Uh, <laughs> there's also a rumor what? that he's been confined to a wheelchair. Uh, but if he's okay, there's an open contract for him to face Shane Douglas or anyone else in the ECW arena. And either way, Pillman will be there. So, big news, Maddie. Wow. Uh, what do you think of these big rumors? Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, if he makes himself look like HBK, that's probably not the worst thing in 1996. But uh, yeah, uh, interesting that uh, Pillman is uh, coming back because I, I got to be honest, I didn't think he was coming back. So that's uh, that's uh, pretty interesting. I, I, I thought he was straight to uh, other pastures by this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, interesting stuff. Curious to see if we will uh, eventually see highlights of that appearance that Saturday. But uh, Well, he doesn't sign JDF until... Uh, June, because he signs the week of King of the Ring, which was like June 17th. So we're a few weeks out. So, yeah, he's Mm. still still a free agent, of course, was on pace for a big money deal before that accident. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll see if he still gets one. But what do you think, Jenny, of the rumors? I ain't going to lie. When the video started, I was like Googling, when did Brian Pillman die? Because I thought that it was his memorial video. (laughs) Because I, I don't know this stuff off the top of my head. And, I mean, so. that is a pretty good guess, given yeah, how I was like, I was like, is he dead already? Fuck. <laughs> um, uh, and I was happy to learn that he was not, but also surprised because I, I honestly wasn't sure if we were going to see him again. So excited to, to see um, the Shawn Michaels facelift. We'll see if it takes. You think it's a real like face-off situation? Did yeah, Sean so like, take Pillman's mm. face? <laughs> now you're talking my God, language. What if that happened for real? <laughs> All right, this Saturday at the arena, Hardcore Heaven '96 tickets go on sale for June 22nd. At that show, Rob Van Dam will face Sabu yet again in the rubber match of their rivalry. We then see the post-match from their battle at Matter of Respect. We then hear from Paul on fan cam. He says Sabu is not ashamed of losing to RVD was willing to shake his hand and admit RVD beat him, but in today's climate of ultimate fighting and tough men, it's only acceptable to be wheeled out on an arena. If RVD was man enough to stretch out Sabu, he isn't. He got the inside info about Sabu's personal situation. He used it. RVD fucked up big time, and Sabu is coming for him. So, again, more of Paul just drilling in on this Sabu, uh, RVD using this inside info to stick it to them and take them out. Yeah, still not buying it, but it's fine. It's fine. Could do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Heyman is so good at selling this stuff yeah. that he 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 could make you know a, a not great uh, storyline better just by his presence. So it works for me. So all right. Uh, Joey Styles is uh, then in the nest. He talks about the superheated Shane Douglas Scorpio rivalry. We head to Glenn Olden for fan cam highlights of Scorpio Jericho, which is what we get now, and uh, we'll talk through that match. We start with the lockup. We get some feeling out, but Jericho smacks Scorpio off a break in the corner. We clip ahead to Jericho landing a spin kick, going to work on the arm. Clip again into Scorpio winning a test of strength before Jericho comes back and forces Scorpio to the mat. Scorpio takes him over the monkey flip, works the arm. Clip to Scorpio pulling Jericho off the apron, hitting a buzzsaw kick to knock him to the floor, busting open Jericho's eyes in the process. Scorpio kicks Jericho to the rail and dives out, but whiffs and crashes hard. Clip ahead to Scorpio hitting a tombstone, followed by the bomb for the clean win on Chris Jericho. So pretty big win mm. by Scorpio. Only clips here, but again, it seemed really fun when we got to see a big win for Scorp, much needed, and Jericho keeps bringing the heat in his ECW matches. So, Jenny, what did you think of what we saw here? Oh, boy. I wanted to watch this match. Um, shame it was clipped up. Maybe we'll see it later? I don't know. I can't, I can't remember what our track record is, is seeing clipped up matches and then later seeing the full match probably not great um 
but that's one of the ones I would be interested in seeing. Um, Scorpio's tights were like a lavender color, and he was wearing like these little like pale yellow boots. That's a good look. I like that look. Scorpio is very miss, miss, miss on his <laughs> attire of late. So it was nice to see him in like actual nice gear. Um, but that, that looked like a really fun and brutal match. And, you know, a little bit of a trade-off, I guess, where Scorp loses his belt but wins over Jericho, which is pretty impressive. Um, I liked it. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, uh, much like you, this made me want to watch a full match between Jericho and Scorpio. Uh, this looked like really good stuff from what we saw. I love that ECW records damn near everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's such a neat thing. Like, you, you go to a house show. Oh, uh, I, I went to this show. I, I can buy it. That's, uh, it's pretty cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure, I, I forgot which streaming service, but I feel like one of the wrestling streaming services, a bunch of that stuff, that like fan cam stuff is on there. I'd have to look up right. which one it is, but like, it's just, it's so cool that you can watch like a random show from Chicken Screw Iowa that ECW ran in 94 and be able to watch it. It's just cool stuff. But, uh, and the only other note I had for this was that, uh, good Lord, that moonsault leg drop that Scorpio hits is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like, like bomb, no, yeah. no human should be able to do that. But, uh, yeah, this, this looked like really good stuff from what we saw. Shame that it was clipped. And his thick ass and legs help because he lands so heavy, you know what I mean? Like he's mm-hmm. so big, um, that it just makes it like it really hurts. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's true that they use these fan cams, um, concept, right? They basically just have, a, uh, whether it's Feinstein or whoever, just at all these shows with a fucking handy cam, right? At ringside, mm-hmm. they branded as fan cam footage, but then they would use it to like sell and stuff and push things along. It's, I mean, they were so ahead of their time on so many things. It's yep. super impressive. All right. Joey's in the nest. He talks about Sandman's torn knee ligaments. He had surgery on Monday to repair it. We didn't see clips of the big TV title three way from Allentown, which included Sandman getting locked into Texas Cloverleaf, Scorpio thrown in the towel. Sandman then competes on an open contract on Saturday. In comes Stevie Richards. says he's going to slap Missy Hyatt with a subpoena for sexual harassment and then sings MC Hammer before saying he'll break Sandman's leg and kick his hiney on Saturday and that he is extreme. Any thoughts yes. on Stevie's uh, interlude? Extreme people typically say hiney, uh, mm. I find. Well, hiney are very extreme. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Stevie... Stevie is ridiculous. I mean, he's cute, you know, in this with Joey, but for the most part, no, thank you. <laughs> he's a lot, but I'll give him credit. He he owns the gimmick. He he knows True. what he's doing. He knows what he's doing, and he owns it. So kudos for that. He looks but, like uh, he's having fun. Right, exactly. So good on him. Well, Joey's back in the nest, and Stevie runs off before he can get asked about Raven. We clip to Allentown where Joey's interviewing Raven, who has Brian Lee with him. Raven says he brought Komodo to ECW because he knew she was with Beulah. And by being with her, he could be close to Beulah and could even still taste her when he was with Beulah. <laughs> or taste, taste uh, when he's with Komodo. Beulah left because she found Raven abusive and she lied to Tommy to take her in. Raven says they're tramps. They're a problem in our society. Society is sunk to new lows. A swirling cesspool. Raven tells Stevie to go find him a woman so low, disgusting and beneath contempt, skanky, scummy, putrid, nymphomaniacal, ugly tramp he can find so she can feel his pain. Do you think he'll find such a woman? 
they're in Allentown, so yeah, probably. I was gonna say, has he tried where I live? <laughs> that Raven's such a fucking piece of work, y'all. Talk about some. I can still taste feel. Oh, I was dying. That was amazing. Raven, uh, he's got. I think Raven thought he's been like upstage lately, so we had to like come out. Yeah, yeah. He's Mm -hmm. like, I knew they were having an affair the whole time. (laughs) Like, come (laughs) on, (laughs) this guy. (laughs) I'm hip to you guys' jive. Yeah, full of shit. Yeah, uh, this uh, this was quite something. It was a lot. I mean, the 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 t- he can still taste Buell line was uh, <laughs> boy, <laughs> that was uh, that was something. And then, it, it, did you find it weird that they bleeped out the word female throughout this segment? Is that what they're saying? <laughs> I mm-hmm. think so. I, I I was reading lips a little bit, and it looked like they were bleeping the word female. Why? Uh, uh, that's a fantastic question. <laughs> I was hoping you would know. I don't think you know how to read it's lips. It's gotta be Daddy. something else. It looked like he was saying female when they bleeped it. I'll have to watch it back. Your color sure blind saying... and you can't read lips. Sure, sure, pretty sure it wasn't a bukyak. <laughs> uh, you know that must have been what it was. My, my, my mistake. <sighs> Joey's in the nest talking about the potential family feud within the Dudleys. Steve, Stevie cuts him off, chugs a cup of water, and smashes it on his head like Sandman. Sandman shaking in his boots. <laughs> Uh, we eclipse the matter of respect with the Dudley issues. Joey and Stevie in the nest talk about the Dudley. Stevie's banged up from the water cup smash. We cut to Bubba, try to call Big Dick on a payphone, but Devon comes in and chases him away. DW begs Devon to leave them alone. Joey says Dick will return and exercise his authority, maybe as early as this Saturday. Stevie hopes Dick is there because he's the president of his fan club. He's got autographed pictures because Stevie Richards loves Big Dick. Mm. Any thoughts on these final two uh, bits with Stevie? I, I thought I thought this Stevie stuff was great. I loved him smashing the water over his head. That destroyed me. And then checking his forehead to see if he had a cut from it. Uh, I thought that was great. Uh, Stevie Richards loves Big Dick is, is what I took away from this segment also. I, I, I learned that Stevie Richards loves Big Dick. So you learn something watching CW. I will say that... I did pop it. <laughs> I did laugh, <coughs> despite myself, and I hate myself for it. But I think it's mostly just for Joey, because I think, on like if it was with Meanie, I'm like just rolling my eyes. But there's something about Joey in it that makes it better. He, uh, you could, this is when you could tell like they needed to fill 20 minutes of TV. Yeah. Oh, so like, oh, Steve, you yep. just go join Joey and like fuck around for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Go smash a cup of water over your head. I don't know why that was funny, but it was. <laughs> right, Joey way, talks about. Wait, sold it. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> Joey talks about this Saturday's upcoming Eliminators Gangsters match. We then get the big six-man main event from Matter of Respect, and then Joey wraps us up in the nest by running down Saturday's big card to come, and that wraps up our final episode of TV. Again, no awards, but I thought you know we had some good stuff here. Like we got the Scorpio Jericho clips, which look really good. We got the Stevie stuff. And more of a Heyman pushing the Sabu RVD rubber match. So, kind of lots going on here. Yeah, I mean, less, um, less recap, you know, as we go on and more, um, you know, fresh stuff. So, that's good to see on this last episode. Right. And we're, we're not going to see this big Saturday show, but I'm sure we'll see it play out across TV. So, we'll have more TV in our next episode, three weeks, which I think we'll have some fresher stuff. 
Um, and we're about a month away from Hardcore Heaven 96, so I'm sure that'll be uh, worthwhile as well. Some good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. All right, so that'll do it. Another episode of Extreme 3 Way Dance in the books. Check out everything we have to offer across all our feeds, as mentioned earlier. We appreciate your support, your love. Everyone take care, stay extreme. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Come